Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Rachel Young, a true crime goddess, Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Oh, what? Did anybody watch? Did anybody look up that show, The Naked Attraction, on YouTube? No, I totally forgot. Do we need to look it up real quick? No, you don't need to look it up because I can tell you what it is. And I find it. Okay, first off, I think Mr. Keith is mad at me because he saw me watching it and I invited him to watch it with me. And now I think he's upset with me because I think he thinks I'm watching for the nudity and I am. Okay. Okay. Here's what the show is. It fascinates me. It is a UK show. Okay. It is a dating show. They have six booths and they're all different colors. Six bo- and the bo- booths, 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 like a telephone booth. Okay. Yes. A TARDIS. I don't know how to say that in purple. A tardi- TARDIS. It's six TARDISes. But they're all very small. They're not bigger. They're not bigger the on the inside. Okay. <laughs> and they have like a shower, a clear shower door. Okay. Right. And then they have like a thing like, and so they have, I don't know, like, have you ever seen make a deal? Like they pull up the curtain in front of it. So a person, a clothed person will come on and they've got six people to choose from. And instead of asking questions like the dating game or something, these people in these booths cannot talk, by the way. They can just stand All there? they do, yeah. All they do is they, uh, they're like, okay, let's show everybody from the waist down. <gasps> and they pull up the thing. And then the host and the person just go around and look at their and stuff. Naked? And yeah, and they just and and they make comments about like, oh, well, this penis is really kind of small for me. Or his one of the women was like, I think his balls hang a little too low. I don't really like it when they slap up against me when I'm doing things. So then they made all the men pretend to gallop. So they could see if their balls slap against things if they hang oh too Oh my god! What? What? This sounds like a terrible. Right? Wait, 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 wait. This show. part of Dark Mirror. And where? This is on Netflix. You can. I get to see everything. It's not on. I don't think it's on Netflix. I saw a, an episode on YouTube. I didn't even know it existed. Someone on Facebook. We were having this discussion in one of my book groups. Um, yeah, it's the Smarty book group, but <laughs> we were having a discussion about how it, overseas they don't view nakedness as taboo as we you're do. You're right. Here. You're right. They don't. Which is why, but if still, you're watching, if you're watching a, a UK show or a French show on Netflix, a lot of times you actually see stuff on there. Right. But but so so, so somebody used this as an example. So what's and wait, wait? I was like, where's this? W- what country is this in? Uh, the United, like in England. Oh, it's England. Okay, it's England, and the name of it is Naked. What attraction? I mean, they they go out on a per- date with a person just based on what they look like naked. Right? Thank you. Do they I don't even let the poor see? person speak. It's very rare that you actually this, render us question? completely speechless on this end. It it doesn't happen. I mean, look at us. 
That's insane. Hey, I'm down. I'm just saying I'm that's down. insane. I mean, I would prefer to see what I'm dealing with beforehand if I was interested. But if I have no frame of reference, that's like the ultimate shallow. Yeah, but here's the problem, though, by going based off just how their junk falls. Some people don't know how to use what they have. That's right. Like I've gone out with some guys that had some pretty hefty equipment down there. And they sucked. Yeah. And then I've had some guys that, you know, were a little only. <laughs> little spell. Little, little, little lacking <laughs> in the underwear area. And they were freaking awesome. So it it's not really, it doesn't have a lot to do with what the package looks like. It's how they use it. So unless I can right. watch them having sex with somebody. And then see I, and and judge how not awkward how long they <laughs> right. spend in each area and what they do and how their partner responds. I mean, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I need that. to see how he uses his fingers. Could you ask him tongue. to do that part what? again so we can see it? I'm going back to my coloring book. I mean, that, that would be a thing that you could do. Like, I mean, they ask them to do the weirdest stuff, like naked, so they can watch it. I don't. Can, can you? So, Mister seems like the weirdest. Can we most on like how would you, you like us to talk show? to Mr. Keith for you? Because we will. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell him was... that you are doing it for us. <laughs> I, we'll no, take one I for the, the team. I, I think he was upset because I said, "Come watch this," and then I was so fascinated, not just by the men but by the women, because they don't all have these amazing bodies that I would expect people on a naked show to have. And then oh. I was thinking. These people are the most confident, most amazing people to go on this show, be naked, listen to the person, then criticize their naked parts. They have to hear what the people are saying about them? Yeah, they're just standing in like a shower, she said, right? They can obviously hear because sometimes like somebody will say something good and they'll go like this, like underneath the thing, like thumbs up or thumbs down or uh, like they can't speak, but they'll make hand gestures or whatever. Yeah, right. I'm having a I real. Mean, I'm ha- I'm having a really kind of an existential crisis over here. I I seriously want to talk to people who you need a discussion board. A discussion board that, on that. There that. are people that just this is normal for them. You know, like that's what was that show on Friday? What did, what was that show that we watched, Vonnie, on Netflix? Oh, was it the hundred people or whatever? It was no. It was about the people who would go to the little pop-up gynecologist oh and they would go inside yeah it's like in the square and whatnot and you go in and and you could have yourself evaluated right there by a doctor and they would they would say you know well i i feel a little weird about um i feel like the lips of my labia are are hideous and i just want to know if they actually are or if i just feel that way yeah, like they want to know, like there was one girl that said that she thought that her her ba- whole bathing suit area, I'm not just talking about her labia or her vagina itself, but the whole pubic mound was too big. And so she was wanting to like try to get surgery to make it smaller. And she, so she went to the they doctor. They showed the whole thing on yeah. television. And I mean, then she was asking the doctor. Is she the in doctor, the street? Well, they, well no. them, they, they come off the street to this little pop-up 
chant thingy. Okay, so there aren't at least a, pe- a bunch of people watching. No, no there's nobody no, no, watching, no. But, but they're still, watching on the fucking television. They're on TV. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's the same. They're showing their whole bits to TV, their boobs, their buttholes, their whole everything. Well, I mean, they actually had more than just that. Like somebody like pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Like somebody like had something wrong with their foot or something like that. So they do more than just. Yeah, it wasn't just private areas, but those people just go in that tent and disrobe. They They have no shit. That's amazing. They're not worried about showing their bits but that's something that's learned i think i think that we teach people to be ashamed, ashamed of, of our their bodies, bodies yes so we that do. you it's don't want to show it to other people you know this is not about body parts but it's about like that idea of like people being ashamed of things they talk i saw a thing on tiktok that was like a guy being like has anyone ever heard a girl sneeze and he talked about that like and then somebody chimed in and was like because girls are always told to like be quiet and not take up space. So like we sneeze, like where's guys like sneeze, right? You like hear it 12 houses down and like, I guess but, you never heard me sneeze. I mean, I think when I you're going to say I sneeze I, really loudly. Yeah, but really there's a lot of, right? Like you'll be sitting next to somebody and they have that little like sneeze. And you're like, was that a sneeze? Yeah. But it's because they've always been told like girls need to be quieter. Was that a sneeze or did you just have a tiny orgasm? Right. <laughs> but it's that same idea of like you were taught like a sneeze that, is that, a tiny like, orgasm the, actually true <laughs> um that idea really of like is. being a, like not ashamed of being like told like no you can't do that you got to be this way but women be, are like... supposed to be seen and not heard yeah like that it depends whole on where you're where you're raised i think and who you're raised by because it used to be that way definitely but now yeah no it's not so much now and i think maybe that's one of the reasons why the older generation dogs the like millennials or the younger generation so much is because they were raised differently than what they were so what's inappropriate for them is not inappropriate for the younger generation and it it's really created like this gap my son calls calls the older generation the olds the olds olds. olds. my kids call me boomer all the time i don't like that because i am not a boomer it'll fix itself now that it like when he started over it looks like it's now working properly. Woo-hoo. Almost had technical difficulties. That would have sucked. Here I come to save the day. <laughs> All right, whose phone's on? Like the it's Mighty Mouse. Me. Thing. Holy on, shit, Rachel. I'll take one of those, please. What? Yeah, I saw that. I know, right? It's in the five book bitches. Look at it. That oh. hat needs to be hanging off of something else. Nuh-uh. <laughs> we don't want to cover that up. Crazy! I like to open my presents. <laughs> you notice how none of those are, none of the bulbs are burned out. He's got them all glowing. Little hairy. I don't see no. any hair on his chest. All over his, he's like, like his chest. Where's my fucking glasses? I can't see any hair. Uh, Hold the, on, I'm gonna go get my hairy. glasses. There's honestly, there's some. You just gotta have some chest hair on a guy. Sometimes it's nice. It really is. It's good stuff. One, two, three. Four. That's like an eight pack. I know. It's glorious, isn't it? Mm. Why are those Christmas lights in the way? <laughs> I know, right? Like, there's a happy Holy trailer for a reason. Oh my God. The vein in his bicep is like ridiculous. Oh, did I? It looks like he got put together, and that's the seam. Mm. I know. Why did it stop there, Rachel? Why? I, listen, I didn't take the picture. <laughs> if I did, it would have. Would have looked a little different. <laughs> yeah, I bet. 
You know, it's a sad fucking day, girls, when you send me a dirty picture and I can't see it without my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> what is up with all of that? That's my question. Okay, I see the hair now. Yeah, he's too hairy. No, come on. No, no. You gotta have, gotta have really? some ruggedness yeah, in there. Yeah, too much hair. I don't mind hairy. I don't, I don't mind hairy either. No. Well, I mean, I look at it, but I'm not getting close to it. I don't mind Harry so long as it doesn't look like he's wearing a sweater or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that this... looks like some sexy groomed, nice, and I bet it smells like cologne. Oh, and... God. Now I you're bet getting... he would shave I almost for you. would buy in right there, Rachel. <laughs> you, you, kind of, you kind of got me. I got to admit, <laughs> you kind of got me there. <laughs> the smell. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. It's, yep. You just... Something about it. Tasty. Well, we talked long enough at the beginning that I sat down and did my five. <laughs> I think we should do the Yay! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Listen, I was the queen of doing my homework on the bus on the way to school every day. <laughs> five minutes before it was due. Jesus. Yes. In the hallway as you're walking down the <laughs> to class. <laughs> I would like to point out that Martha put a pile of Reese Christmas tree eggs between Bonnie and I. And we are slowly oh, eating them one by Reese. one. I Reese. never made trees. you do that poll. Reese trees, trees, not Reese eggs. Reese As trees. to what they're called. I mean, well, I that's because we too. had to cut it out. I had to cut that out. Oh, did we? Yeah. yeah. I didn't, say, I didn't listen that far. Okay. Yeah. That's in the, that's going to be in the uh, Patreon. We could put the, the poll on Patreon. Yes, we could. And I totally forgot to uh, finish that up. So I'll finish that up today. Okay. Why don't we start to like move over let's move over <laughs> to the other portion of our program let me guess depressing trauma porn. trauma porn <laughs> but it's christmas time maybe she read something happy <laughs> <laughs> right no, no, no. not april fools keith it's christmas <laughs> i was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt now, she has read christmas it. things in the past to be fair i have but i'm actually have a back log of books so this is one that i read when i was off at that saturday for thanksgiving ah. oh yeah okay so so this isn't really christmas um it has a little bit of trauma porn in it but it isn't trauma porn through the whole book let's just say that so i read the vanishing half by Britt bennett Ooh. vanishing half the vanishing half by... I've had that on my list forever. Have you? Cover. I feel like that sounds familiar. I think I DNF'd that. What? It was good. Okay, go ahead. It's supposed to be like one of the books of the year, I think. Yeah. I got it off a list. I won't lie. I got to look. Now. Because, <laughs> well, I Pretty sure. sometimes I can't find anything at the library to read and I'm out of books. So I'll like pull up different lists and I'll go check them out and see if they're any good. So I got that off of one of those lists. And this is about a set of identical twins named Desiree and Stella. And they were born probably real late 1950s, early 1962 or 1960s. So this was like um, not too long after slavery, um, you know, rampant racism down south um they actually saw their 
dad lynched to death. Golly. Yeah, because this book's not traumatic at all. Well, she said it was a little traumatic. I said a little. Okay, you're right. You did. It's just not through the whole book. So that's kind of how their upbringing was. They also live in this small town named Mallard. And I want to say it's like in Alabama or right around that area right there. And this town not only is prejudiced with between whites and blacks, but it's also extremely prejudiced between dark blacks and lighter colored blacks. Mm. So like, unless you're a lighter colored black, you're basically trash by even the black community. And um, the twins that this book is mainly about, Stella and Desiree, are one of the lighter black families who live in this little town. And they don't exactly have, you know, an easy life. Their mom has to work a lot of hours to make ends meet, so on and so forth. And they decide that they're going to run away when they're 16 to New Orleans. So they run away when they're 16 to New Orleans and live together and find jobs and everything else. And one day, Stella just disappears. She's gone. No trace. Desiree has no clue what happens to her. Well, eventually, Desiree goes back to Mallard. I can't remember exactly what the event is that makes her go back to Mallard, but she ends up going back to Mallard with her daughter. Oh, I remember what it is. But I'll let everybody read that, who happens to be a dark-colored black girl. So she's treated pretty much like shit by everybody in this little town. The kids pick on her. The teachers give her a hard time. She's just... She doesn't like it. She hates the town. First chance she gets, she goes to California to go to college. And uh, and I'm not giving anything away because this actually is in the synopsis itself. She's working for a catering company, you know, working this party, making some money. And all of a sudden, she sees somebody who looks exactly like her mom, but she's white. Wow. Yeah, that's what this book's about. Hmm. So... It was it, it was really good. It was well written. Um, it had a really good storyline. You had that twist. Of course, since it was in the synopsis, I knew that it was going to happen. So I was waiting for it to happen and then find out why, you know, this twin sister is in California, how she ended up there and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's a lot about family, estranged, estranged sisters. There's a lot also in the difference between light-colored black people and dark-colored black people, which I actually did know a little bit about the differences because I used to work with somebody who was black. And um, if anyone knows me at all, you know that I'm not afraid to ask questions. So we used to sit and chat. And so I would, and she had made a comment one time between, I want to say it's yellow black people and purple or red I can't remember which one the darker colored she called the undertones and so I was like what's that mean and so she told me like the differences and how a lot of um, black people think that the lighter black is more attractive than the darker yada yada so on and so forth so yeah it was educational had that little bit of twist in there with the vanishing twin and it was it was just a little bit sad in parts. Of course, you feel really bad for, especially for this little girl who's 
darker colored because her dad was darker colored going back to this town and just getting, you know, brutalized by the other kids in the school. It just makes you want to, I don't know. I can't say slap children because that's bad. It just makes you want to. That's where we draw the line on this podcast. We're going to slap the shit out of those little assholes. I'm going to put all those little assholes in timeout. That's it. Put Mm. all of them in timeout. It was a good read. It was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. And that was called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. I think that was one of the ones that uh, I, I was on the list for it. I checked it out, listened to the first, I don't know, maybe five minutes of it and just said, well, that's where the lynching happened was in the first five yep, minutes. Said, so nope. Done. It, I mean, if I you, didn't even DNF yeah. it. I mean, the, I didn't give it enough time to even consider it a DNF. I just didn't see if you would have given it a little more time. <laughs> you have to get past the yeet the baby part. Uh, nope. Clearly I did not. Yeah. Well, that was like in the middle of Ken Follett. That was the whole book in Ken Follett. I don't know That's what you're true. talking about. They were eating babies all over the place. That's true. Sounded like you said eating babies. <laughs> Could have been doing that too. Eating. That would be traumatic too. Eating babies. Eating. For some Yatin'. of us. <laughs> right. That would have been a whole different. That would have been more of a Rachel kind of book if they started cannibal- <laughs> cannibalizing <laughs> each other. <laughs> Whoops! Jeffrey Dahmer 2.0. Actually, Dahmer <laughs> wasn't a cannibal, but like necessarily, but Albert Fish. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about truly eating <laughs> children. Albert Fish yeah. is your man. Yeah. What's well, in that stew? Lamb? Mm-hmm. Ew! No. Albert, I feel like Albert Fish doesn't get enough. Uh, any man, any man who can, who could uh, put. Um, uh, what was it like? Sixty-five needles in his scrotum. Uh huh. Yeah. Because when he died, they they X-rayed him, and he had like sixty-five needles in his scrotum. Who did? There's Dahmer? a name for people who do that. Albert no, no, Albert Fish. I missed that yeah, part. Yeah, he used to do that kind of stuff. I did a a paper on him when I was in college. Ugh. Ugh yeah, I know. And you know what it was called? Something Some smells needle fishy. Scrotum? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. I still have it. It's called Pinwheel. I would actually really oh, like to ew. read that. What? Can I read it, Martha? Can uh, I read it? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Because I can't remember how bad it is. But sure. Well, in was it the Alienist? The Alienist. When I was watching the show, I never read the book, but it was like giving me Albert Fish vibes. Yeah, the book, The Alienist, was really good. If you like, I the really show, loved that. Uh, no, I I, I read the book long before the show came out. Yeah. I couldn't watch the show. I didn't I like it. I liked the show, and then I got rid of my cable, and I forgot about it. But I've never watched the show, but I read the book. And I, I was, like, was listening excellent. to it and watching it going, is this about Albert Fish? And I was having to not, like, because Rachel was it watching it. And I so don't I don't think it ended up being him, but I wouldn't be surprised if it the tales were not inspired by him, based on what I saw. So who's I got, uh, who, who's got, uh, I have a rom-com. What do you got? Rom-com. Okay, so we need Keith to go next. Hey, you didn't ask what I had. <laughs> Murder. What do you have, Rachel? You know, just to be an asshole, I'm going to say rom-com, but that's God! not what I have. <laughs> I was hoping you didn't have a rom-com. I do not have a rom-com. Spicy. Okay. Nope. Keith, you get to go next. Okay. 
So for this week, I read The Love Con by Sericia Glass. I hope I said her name right. Um, and this book was all about a cosplayer. Ooh, cosplay. I love right. cosplay. Uh-huh. So her name is Kenya. She is a plus-size Black woman, and she is on the very first of this uh, new game show. Oh, it has a really cute name. It's a cosplay or no way. <laughs> it made me kind of want to watch this show in real life. So Kenya is on this reality show and it's pretty much your basic reality show. Like there are three judges. They give you all these tasks to do related to cosplay. The winner is going to get to do costume design on this really awesome show. And so she's doing really, really well. And at the very beginning of the book, she is one of the two finalists in the competition. Now there is this judge that is, I don't even know how to say it, except like she's a really bitchy woman. And for whatever reason she has, she doesn't like Kenya. I don't know if it's, I don't know that we ever find out. It might be because she's black. It might be because she's a bigger woman, but she's always kind of digging at her. So they find out that for the very last challenge, and of course it's for the finale. So it's going to be this huge deal they have to do an iconic duo, which isn't a big deal, but they also have to have uh, their significant other participate in the challenge with them. Now, the guy that she's against is married and he's married to like a costume design kind of guy. So that's great for him. And she does not have a romantic partner at this time, but she's on TV and she had no idea and it's live. So she's on TV and they're just kind of like, Okay, so do you have somebody? And it's the bitchy judge, and she's kind of like making digs like, of course, you don't have a romantic partner, so who are you going to pick? So Kenya just kind of says, oh, actually, I do have a romantic partner. And um, yeah, it's my boyfriend, Cam. So Cam is her best friend, has been her best friend forever, and he also lives with her, so they're roommates. And he also loves cosplay, so no big deal except that she has just announced that they're dating to everybody in the world. So now they <laughs> have row, to- Roger, rut row. And, right. <laughs> so, and then the show says, okay, well, not only are we going to like watch you and have the cameras on while you're making the costumes, but we want to see where you live. And so they're going to be very, very involved in her life, which means they're going to have to pretend to date. Hooray! <laughs> Because I love the ones where they have to pretend Those to date. Those are the date. best tropes. So this is one of your basic, we have to pretend to date. We have to share a bed because we live together and we can't be seen sleeping in separate rooms. It's all the really awesome tropes that I know Martha's rolling her eyes about. I love it. But enmeshed in it is all this amazing geekiness and awesomeness. I'm here for the geekiness. Yes. So, I mean, they go to all the Comic-Cons and they go to like, so they're very into all that awesome stuff. And Cam has a, uh, he's like a manufacturer. So he has like a, he makes props and everything else for people. So he has 3D printers and he's a machinist. So he helps a lot with that. So the whole book is about amazing steaminess because Cam has always loved her. You find out at the very beginning that he is like, oh, we're dating? Great. <laughs> uh, so the whole book, you're kind of waiting to see if he ever says anything, if she can figure it out, if she's going to win, 
if the bitchy judge is going to be a problem, they have camera people following them all the time. So that's a big old pain in the butt. And um, her parents are really, really against. So she went to school and she's an engineer. So she went to college for engineering. And so her parents are very upset that she is leaving engineering to do cosplay. It's really cool book because it talks a lot about, there are so many jobs now that are a big deal and make a lot of money, but are dumb sounding. I don't even know how to say it. Like Martha, did you ever think that weed farmer or like would be a job? No. And my son does it and he loves it. But Now it's like a big thing and they make good money and it's a good job. Mm -hmm. And the same is true of cosplay. Um, it's true of all that kind of like YouTube gamer, those people make tons of money, some of them. Mm -hmm. But when you think about people our age, I mean, maybe we're, we're like, okay, that is not a thing. Like you can't go to school for that, but you can. Well, back in our day, there there wasn't a market for any of that shit. None of it existed when I was in school. There was no internet when I was a kid. Weed was illegal. There was no internet. You didn't have a home computer. I mean. Well, I mean, to be fair, weed farmers did get paid, but. Oh, yeah. But you also got shot. (laughs) So it's a it's a really good book with all sorts of weird geeky stuff. They mention all sorts of like fun anime and because obviously they're into cosplay. So they're into all this weird geeky stuff that I'm totally here for because I'm a big geek at heart, too. Um, But then it also tackles other issues, such as the fact that they're different races. She's plus sized. He looks like Thor, apparently. So, I mean, mean, there are worse people to look like than Thor. Well, the fact that she is a bigger woman, black, and people are constantly like, okay, how could you possibly have gotten this guy? Because he's white and he looks like Thor, which is bullshit, bullshit, obviously. But the book handles it really nicely. And it's a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. That book, again, was The Love Con by Ceresia Glass. Cool. Excellent. I like the double play on con, like Comic Con, and then a con, like a fake dating. Like, oh, yeah. Double, yeah. double dip okay. on the con. Okay, okay. Well played, well played on the title. I thought you were going to say convict, Clever. and I was like, I don't remember a convict in that. <laughs> no, on Comic Con, and then you're nope. conning their relationship as a con. Gotcha, so it's gotcha. the love con. You know what? We always forget this, you guys. So I'm going to put this right in the middle. It's a Patreon commercial. Dun, dun, dun. We need a theme song for our we commercial. Do. We do. We want to say thank you so much to our Patreon peeps, the people who are helping to finance this craziness. <laughs> yes, to finance our crazy <laughs> craziness. Hobby. Yes. So we want to give a big Three Book Girls shout out to our Patreon supporters. We'd like to thank Allison, Phyllis, Abby, Meredith, Monica, Brittany, Jamie, Morgan, Farah, Megan, Annie, Monica, Taylor, Lacey, and the original Shona. You know they're going to argue over which one's the original. Uh, I think we know who the original is. So thank you, ladies. And as for the rest of you, we would love to have you join our Patreon. What do you get? When you join our Patreon, all the extra stuff that gets cut out in the regular day. 
because we talk for two hours sometimes. There's a lot of stuff. And believe it or not, sometimes it's too dirty to go into the podcast. <laughs> Yay! Yes. So if you want all that good stuff, plus extra episodes, next week we're recording Lies. the worst books of the year episode, which Woo-hoo! you can only get if you're a $10 Patreon, um, Patreon supporter. And also, don't forget, they get to be part of our special Facebook Patreon group that is only for Patreon members. Only the inner circle. You're part of the inner circle now. That was awesome. (laughs) Run away. Because you're family. Yeah. When you're here, you're family. (laughs) Oh, good. Mafia family. Nice. Use guys as family. (laughs) So make shank a bitch for you. Right in the kidney. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on all the places that you download your podcast on a weekly basis and share with your friends. And now back to the show. All right, Rachel. I get it. Are you ready to go? I am indeed. Okay. So this week I read The Serial Killer's Wife by... Alice Hunter <clears throat> and <laughs> surprise surprise it you know <laughs> it, it tells you what we're looking at here <laughs> spoiler alert there's, in the title <laughs> yeah there's no hidden meaning there so our main character is Beth and her husband Tom and they have a young a young daughter I want to say and so you know Beth is home one night expecting Tom to come home but he's a little bit late and you know she she gets a little more worried and so finally he does come home but not long after he gets home they get a knock on the door and it's a couple detectives and they're like okay you know we and so she doesn't even have time to ask him you know why are you late like where were you she assumes he got stuck at work late you know whatever and so he goes down to the police station and they really don't have time to talk that night after he comes home late and he says, you know, I'll tell you everything in the morning. Like it's not a big deal. Um, everything's fine. And so their next day goes about as normal. He gets up early, goes to work, you know, she gets up, does her thing, but little does she know that they're not going to get to, they're not going to get to chat. So everything sort of starts running from there. And I don't want to say too, too much about this because there's a there's a lot of other stories kind of going on within this um and so and of course things that you would think about right she's a local business owner and her husband's been arrested for dear potentially murder right so you're going through with her on all these thoughts as well of what's this going to do to our daughter what's this going to do to my business right all of these types of things um as well as, you know, hearing people talk about her, uh, you know, and then going and moving forward of uh, shocker, he gets charged. Um, but going through this whole process of her hearing the other moms at school talk, not knowing who is really her friend and who isn't, reporters clogging up your lawn. And I will say there is a few twists in this that especially at the end where i was just like son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) literally was like shit and it starts to lead you but it kind of 
it kind of slapped me in the face a little bit, but um, it was really good. I really I love the face it. slapping ones. Those are so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it. I've never read anything by this. I don't think the author's name didn't sound familiar to me, but it was very good. I would definitely recommend it. Um, and again, that was called The Serial Killer's Wife by Alice Hunter. Excellent. <clears throat> it looks like that, that, w- that was a debut, Rachel. Ooh. Okay, well. Her next her book is called book. The Serial Killer's Daughter, so that Ooh. sounds exciting. I wonder Shut if- up, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, she's not kidding. No, like, I'm not that's- kidding. Oh, it not- really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to read that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I decided that in December I was reading Christmas books. So I read a Christmas book. I read, so this is Christmas by Tracy Andre. And this book is YA. And I picked it up because it was on like the Christmas book table. And I was like, this looks cute. And then I started reading it and it takes place in Oklahoma. No way. It does. So we have a high schooler named Finley. And she is actually in Connecticut at a boarding school. So she got out of her small town, Oklahoma, went to this fancy boarding school in Connecticut and has had a hard time fitting in because like, she's not like one of the rich kids and she just, you know, she has to actually like work at school now because it's not just super easy. And we meet her and she is saving a single bumblebee from a partially frozen lake or pond. (laughs) So she's a little out there. Uh, No, I was like, what is happening? I agree. So she like wades out into this pond to like save this bumblebee in Connecticut in December. Um, And her classmate, Arthur, is there to like, he's watching her and kind of tries to tell her like how to, because she gets out there and gets like stuck. She's like, how do I get back now? So he kind of like guides her back. And then she decides she's going to go home for Christmas. And her hometown in oklahoma is called christmas oklahoma it did you look it up i did it does not exist oh um it's down close-ish to like chickasha because that's like just a hop skip and a jump from here she talks about like going to the chickasha christmas lights and so she's down that direction so in the town was not originally called christmas the mayor before the current mayor decided that they needed to be a tourist destination and they voted to change the name to Christmas and make everything in town Christmas themed. Like Main Street is like Mary Avenue and like all the shops have to have like Christmassy names. Mm -hmm. And that mayor was all great with this idea and then he embezzled from the town, ran away and left it in ruin. Right. That's just a little backstory on Christmas. (laughs) So she goes home and she gets there and she goes to her house and like nobody's home. And she's like, what the fuck? So her grandmother owns the inn in town. So she goes to the inn, finds out that her dad is staying at the inn and her mom is in Branson on a extended girls trip. So she's like, what the hell? Um, and so she How really, old is this girl? The t- She's a teenager. She's like a freshman or sophomore. So she That's goes, rude. Okay. yeah. So she goes home. Mom's in Branson in Missouri, just chilling, doing whatever she's doing dad's at his basically at his mom's house like staying at the inn and she's like what in the hell and she and of course like she's like well my family's never we're never gonna have a conversation so i guess i'm just gonna assume my parents are splitting up or like whatever because no one's telling me what the hell's going on so she's at the inn she's working and all of a sudden arthur the boy from the lake pond thing and his aunt 
are checking into the inn. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, why? And he's British, of course, because he should be. Because he, he is also at her school because you find out a lot of things later about him, why he's there. Um, and so she basically, to try to look cooler to these Connecticut snobs, not that everyone, anyone, everyone in Connecticut is a snob, she's just dealing with some of them. She used to work for like the town... Like, not the mayor necessarily, maybe the mayor. So she had access to the website for the sit town of Christmas. And to make her town not look like a sad Oklahoma town, she edited the website with all these fake pictures of what Christmas Oklahoma actually looks like. And, like, added all these descriptions about, like, guaranteed to have a white Christmas. Like, all this shit (laughs) to the website. Whoops. Whoops, yeah. Well, if it's Oklahoma, you, you're not having here? a white Christmas. You probably will not have a white Christmas, very rarely. And so Arthur and his aunt, when he tells his aunt uh, they wanted to have like an all-American Christmas. So Arthur has seen her website and decides that they're going to go to Christmas, Oklahoma for Christmas. And they get there and they're like, what in the actual hell is this town doesn't look anything like the website? So Finley starts going into panic mode, right? Because she's like, oh my God, he's going to go back to school and he's going to out me as like this liar and that this town is not that cool. And it, she's, and then she kind of is hemming and hawing about not even going back to school. So she's like, well, if he hates it and has the worst Christmas, like I won't be there for the backlash anyway, because I don't want to go back to the school because I'm not the best student. Because now she's like the little fish in the big pond instead of the big fish in the little pond. So the whole story is all about all the things that she does and her grandmother does with the aunt and Arthur to make it like the best Christmas ever. And there's some twists and turns. Um, She, of course, starts to, you know, catch some feelings a little bit for Arthur, maybe. She can't really decide. There's a couple of different possible romance groups not groups but like pairings happening um some are more entertaining and shocking than others um so it was super fun and like just hearing and seeing like places that you we that we know because we live here and she's like we're gonna go to the lights of Chickasha and I'm like oh yeah I know exactly what she's talking about so that was just kind of fun and watching her try to like scramble to make the website like real quote unquote (laughs) um so it's i really enjoyed it i had a great time reading it it's having it set in oklahoma was fun um i recommend it if you just want a ya christmasy romance uh with a side of maybe a little bit of drama along the way (laughs) and then i once i got i read it i was like oh so like the so this is christmas like it changed how i read the title Instead of being like, so this is Christmas. It was like, oh, so this this is is Christmas. (laughs) See, I just assumed it was the song and I was singing it in my head. Oh, that's true, too. So was I. That's true. (laughs) So we had two romance books with multiple like inflections on their title on their titles. And this or not Christmas, but romance books. Uh, And so so this is Christmas by Tracy Andrine. We're punny this week. We are punny this week. I like being punny. All right. Martha, do you have a punny book? No, I do not have a Mine punny wasn't book. punny. Mine was just sad. Yeah. <laughs> it was sad. 
the book that I'm going to review this week, it sort of defies description in a lot of ways. It was called A Prayer for Travelers by Ruchika Tomar. It was probably one of the most bizarre books that I have listened to because you you start to re- well from the very moment you start reading the book it starts like with chapter 47 so all it's all out of order and i think that wouldn't have been oh. so disturbing if i had been reading the physical book and there were a couple of chapters that were like there's a pdf attached to this file to see chapter 73 because it's it is exclusively visual and with all that said, you huh. you would think that it would completely put me off, but it did not. It was just, it was so beautifully written and so compelling because it was a mystery at the same time. So it's about this girl named Kale, Kale, who she lives with her grandfather. Her grandfather dies fairly early on and she's sort of lost. She's a waitress. Um, they live in this really super small town. There's a lot of just really, like I said, it sort of defies description. Her whole upbringing is really sad and her friendships are kind of bizarre anyway. The people that she's friends with. There's one particular moment where she goes with this friend of hers who is missing But like I said, it's hard to tell exactly what happened when because it all happens out of order. But you know that she is looking for this friend. So it kind of flashes back to this time that she and her friend went to get this wolf puppy. And they go to this really small town in the middle of nowhere. And they they purchase this wolf puppy for her friend. Well, something really bad happens, like right after that, to both of them. And it's like super traumatic. I, I was traumatized just listening to it. And her friend is just so enigmatic, hard to explain. God, I can't believe I have to review this book. I didn't have anything else. <laughs> Honestly, the very first thing that I tried to do when I finished reading it was I tried to find, I I was going to order a copy. I stopped myself from ordering it simply because it's Christmas and, you know, I'm trying to buy presents for other people, not for myself, but I am going to purchase this book because at the very least, the language was so beautiful and it was so beautifully written. And now I'm just dying to know what these pictures and illustrations were that are part of it plus it's it's like after you finish it it's almost one of those books where what the hell did I just read (laughs) but it was excellent it was one of those books that haunted me afterwards I only gave it four stars but I think that if I had read it in hard copy I would have given it a five it was really excellent just shy of five stars, mainly because I need to see it. I need to to look at it to decide whether or not it's going to be one of those books. I feel like I didn't describe it properly at all, but it really made me feel like really sad. 
small town. She's lonely. She was raised by her grandfather who's dead or dying. She just has a really sad life. She lives in this sparse, tiny little desert town. She doesn't have very many friends. Her life is very, I don't know, just really sad. But it was written so beautifully that I would definitely recommend it. And that was called A Prayer for Travelers by Rushika Tomar. Maybe if you read it a second time, you'd get it better, too. Well, I, I'm definitely going to read it when I have a copy of it in front of me. Mm-hmm. Because I know that will change my perception of the book a lot. And because it was so beautifully written, it's one of those books that you just sort of want to look at the sentences, you know? It's one of those just so poetic, sparsely. I want to get it just to see what these parts that are only visually available. I know. There were several chapters that were like that. Hmm. Chapter 73 is purely visual. So you read a picture book? (laughs) Sort of, I guess. I I listened to an audio book of a picture book, (laughs) which was really bizarre, intriguing and strange. And it was probably one of the most unusual books I've ever read. Sometimes when you download really the audio file, uh, they'll have a PDF that you can click and look at those. Posts. I'm sure there probably was, but I didn't. Because I've done that before. Yeah. I've read a whole book before and then looked and I'm like, oh, look, what's this PDF? And pulled it up. And I'm like, oh, that's what oh, they were talking that about. That would have been helpful. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it. because I could have done it, but I didn't do it. I liked the whole. Brave. I liked the whole mystery better yeah. knowing that I couldn't see what it was. Oddly. Anyway, I actually do not like to see the pictures of the characters at a town or whatever. Like, you know, when they have the pictures on the front of the book or pictures in the middle of the book, because I want to picture it in my own mind and it's never the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. Sometimes I can't tell you how often they show us a picture and I'm like, and that's that's not not how I'm going to picture that. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Well, and uh, that's how, but that's what makes it fun. Cause like, Rachel and I have both read the city of bones and stuff. And we pictured Jace like totally differently, mm-hmm. mm. yep. yeah. but it makes it fun. Cause like when they, when they did the movie and then they did the show, I liked the first Jace and she was like, no, he's totally wrong. And then when they did the show, we both liked who they cast. Cause we're like, okay, that's better. Let's well, close. I mean, there like, are, that's what's fun about it. There are some books where just based on the description of the characters, they cast it completely wrong. Yes. Yeah, they do. Like, um, like Lee, Reacher. Like, exactly. Like Lee Child's Jack Reacher novels. Jack Reacher is supposed to be like six five and a muscle bound dude. Who plays him? Tom Cruise. Yeah. Psh, no. Yeah. It's messed but up. But evidently, you see though, they're doing a yes, series. The series is coming out, and people are very happy about whoever they cast in the lead role. So oh, he Mr. Must, Keith is so excited. He must be <laughs> enormous. He must be huge. He, you haven't seen him? Who no, is it? Huge. Who is it? He's like, I don't know. But I he's got to be a mountain. You okay, know. hang on. Let me IMDB. It, yeah. I think it's a UK series and it's like a UK actor that I've never heard of um, or someone from overseas anyway. But yeah, he's huge. Awesome. There are a lot of great mm-hmm. actors out there that don't get work. And if you've got... If you've got a book series that's that popular, I don't think you've hurt anything by not casting. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, exactly. He's 
I've never read Jack Reacher, but how you just described him, like that would be who I would. Let me see. Yeah, it's Alan Rich Richson. He's like like Channing Tatum, but bigger. Ew. But not yeah. like not looks like him, but like kind of built like that stocky yeah, or like military. Right. Build. He's better looking than Channing Tatum. Oh, that's definitely Reacher. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a marine. Yeah, and, and he, he's he supposed is. to be a marine. He's re- he the yeah, guy that played right. him. The bio I just read. He was. Hang on, let me read it. Again. See, that's excellent. I, I hate it I when they happy. when they when they have a character and oh, he, and it's very like the other thing. Uh, Hamish. Yes, Hamish Macbeth uh-huh. was supposed to be a carrot top, and he's supposed to be really tall. And the guy that they cast is tiny. So yeah. the guy that's playing and re- not a redhead, mm, the guy yeah. that played in IT Crowd. Now he could be Hamish. Oh, he was so good. He I loved is him. awesome. He plays in um, Bridesmaids. Is that the movie? Oh, that we went yes. The, he's got that Irish accent. Oh, my oh. God. I love him. I so love, I love this, him. He's not Scottish. Alan so. Richson is the middle son of a retired Air Force chief master sergeant. So Perfect. his father was military perfect and he was apparently on american idol in 2004 really so he can sing he can sing Hmm. so anyway um if they do a good job in the casting or if they if they follow the description in the book when they do the casting or ask the author's opinion well yeah i mean at the very least i'm just just to put a main just to put a big dog in there and that's exactly they totally, what they did. They disregard everything just to cast a big dog. Yep. That's dumb. Well, and that's why I've never been able to read the Vampire Diaries books. Because, because Caroline mm-hmm. and Elena are switched Ugh. in the show. Elena's dark hair and Caroline's redhead. I had the same problem redhead. with Big Sky. What they did with Big Sky. Have you, Has yeah. anybody watched that TV show, Big Sky? No. Okay. The CJ Box book oh, that, right. I, yeah. that I talked about at earlier this year the reason i read that was because it was based on this tv show well the main character is supposed to be an overweight female i think she's hispanic cop and who did they cast <laughs> a pretty skinny black girl i was not happy i mean they they could have changed her race that would have been fine god damn it put up i mean half of the stuff in the book was right. about her you know str- some of her struggles weight wise and you know her i don't know and the sad and she thing was is, a single mom too is there some really beautiful slightly chubby actresses out there yes, that they could have cast great actresses. i can think of people just off the top of my head yes. that would have been good in that role i just hate it when they skip all that and that now there's two pretty detectives who yeah. i look at them and i think ugh that's not that's not what was in the book yep should i even bring up ready player one because i no. know you hate it oh, oh yeah. yeah we've already, no, we've already gone done that, that territory i've already had mm-hmm. my little fit over that because he was definitely not the nerdy fat kid he should have been whenever i think of disappointment in cast members i always think of twilight Who i did, did you not like? i did not like their choice their choice for bella no, she's Kristen Stewart like was or or Edward. They yeah, I didn't. So I didn't better. like. I know Agreed. you like both of those people. Oh, oh she's. But... We're gonna. We're about no, to get into no, some fisticuffs no, over here. I I always will love Robert Pattinson, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but 
He looked like he was in pain through that whole thing or he needed to poop. He what probably Megan did. was saying about the vampire, the vampire diaries. I read that when I was like the age that you're supposed to be when you read it. Like I read that series when I was 12, when there were only three books. I mean, now there's probably 18. And the people, Pe- Megan is not the only one. People are like, I can't read the books because they're completely backward. And I'm like, no, no, you're wrong. This you're series is wrong. backward. I yeah. love that show. <laughs> yeah, I because I, I think I got through like the first 20 pages. And I was like, I cannot wrap my head around switching those two characters no. in my head. I think that it's was because- like my teenage angst like book series like that was like i was 14 and i was like i'm gonna die because i'll never have a stefan in my life and oh nothing will ever be like this book series no like, it'll be damon so salvatore I get that they messed right. it up oh he's so give pretty. me that in summer holder Oof. i Am just I want him weird teenager who was reading stephen king when they were in- no <laughs> no i, I was stephen king that too, was me but- yeah, I was, was reading She Who Shall Not Be Named books. I, What's the... I read all that stupid uh, Terry Brooks. I was reading the Shannara series. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the that Shannara series because the, I started reading reading it and it was too much like Lord of the Rings. It's very Lord of the and Rings. And it really pissed me off. I'm like, fuck this series. I'm not reading it. You know what? I never did. Never well, read and it. I read the prequel first, I think, because I read it for my myth and, my myth and literature class. And I like that book probably literally that and Harry Potter is what turned me back in like into reading because I could not put that book down. Like when we would have class discussions, they'd be like, okay, we read up to page like 150. I'm like, oh, I'm on like 300. What happened on page 150? Because I gotta go go back and go back. Yeah, I always had that problem in school too. We'd be on chapter like three and I would have finished it. Read it already. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we gotta go back to the nakedness. Maybe, Keith, maybe you need to send them the I'm a delicate fucking flower and they can judge people's nakedness with really fun socks. Oh, no, that's a cool concept. Or they could put that socks in other places. <laughs> or you could make a flower out of the penis. <gasps> oh, my. You had to make it even dirtier. I was trying to do something. You could I put mean, little you could, daisies where the balls should be. You can make a little penis ring that has little petals. Oh, sort of like a wreath. A yeah. penis wreath. A penis wreath. Oh, it's Christmas. Let's talk about a penis, penis wreaths. We need a penis wreath. Yeah. You want me to find those ball candles again? Yes, penis please. Cozy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> it is Christmas. It's time for the penis cozy to come out. Well, you know, Christmas is all about the balls. Yep. You got the Christmas oh, balls. Yes. Did you you put, got the cookie balls. You got the sausage Did my ugly Christmas balls. sweater make it to the, pay, to the uh, website? Your shirt? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's- Except I couldn't find the exact shirt. So there's a picture of your shirt and other shirts. Oh, okay. Are you talking about the one that she had ornaments for boobs? Oh, wait, no. Oh. Where, how, how did I miss that? Oh, I wasn't. That, it's that in was the, the page here. It's probably in the Patreon. Oh. It was hilarious. Uh-huh. I, I want a shirt I, like that. I, I to went to, to the Walmart <laughs> and I found the Walmart. the Walmart. I went to the Walmart. I went to the Walmart down Walmart the hill Venice? and I was cruising down, down, down the aisle <laughs> looking at some Christmas shit. And I found, you know, those um, they're like really cheap plastic um, they're one-sided. And you're supposed to hang them like on your you're door. You're supposed to hang them on your door or on yes. your wall. Okay. So imagine a pair of big red Christmas balls. 
like ornaments, right on your like ornaments. ornaments, yeah, baubles. And I put them on the oh, front of my sweater. Oh, it's like you the coat bra, only with only with yes, with it's Christmas like ornaments. It's like bra, but with yes. It was awesome looking. Uh, yep. So I did find Megan. Did you see? I found your edible pasties. Did what? you? Well, they might not yeah, they were on there. They're on the website. They uh-huh. had so many Christmas pasties. So I was many. like amazed. I want some Christmas pasties. You should have been there in our Zumba link gift on our exchange. website where you can buy them. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, me go get you know, some that chocolate and make you a pair. <laughs> they, would, they would melt just like that. I, you know, I didn't oh, did get any guys... in my bag, or I would have happily re-gifted them to you. <laughs> did you see? So we were buying ball hammock underwear right and they were yeah. they were awesome but they were expensive yeah uh-huh. so one of our patreon supporters sent me a video and there are hanes now makes them like yep. so they're gonna really? be cheaper so we spend all this yeah. money and turns out that hanes is already on funny. that train well i'm I, gonna have to put the commercial up on the website because it's hysterical there, there's a guy riding i think a llama or something and he's like i can't even tell i'm wearing underwear that's how I'm like, why are you writing this? That's funny. You know what's even funnier now that I have heard feedback from other people who have the underwear? One of the um, little customer reviews said that her husband's balls were too big and they kept falling out of the hammock. She said, what the hell? If you if your husband has balls the size of golf balls, then this would work. Or testicles the size of golf balls, this would work. And I'm thinking... How big is your husband's balls? That looks like a pretty good size hammock. <laughs> That's why sometimes on that show you got to ask them to gallop so you can see how much their balls are hanging. I need how to. They are. I need to respond Measure to her review and say, "Ask your husband to gallop." <laughs> oh my god! And on that note, oh my god. That's going to end it for Three Three Book Book Girls. Girls. (laughs) Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.